Thank you, Pastor. We certainly enjoyed the fellowship today and last night, and uh, it's a blessing to be able to be here. We're grateful for the nice uh, accommodations at the motel, and uh, we certainly want to uh, follow the leadership of God. I guess the most familiar passage of Scripture as we read and uh, study on revival is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and heal their land. God has a people. They are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They are responsible people. And they are to be rejoicing people. God has a people. God, hate, God hates pride. God hates pride because of the root originated in the heart of Satan. When he said, I'll be like the most high God. God hates pride because of the reach. It reaches everybody. God hates pride because of the revelation. It reveals a wicked, wicked heart. God has a people. God hates pride. God hears prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And James said, we have not because we ask not. We ask and receive not because we ask amiss. So why is it that we want revival? That the world might see us? No, no, no. We want revival that God might be glorified. And uh, the results of revival will be the matter of our, our drawing nearer to him and also the matter of sinners being converted unto Christ. And then God honors his promise. He never made a promise he could not fulfill. I'm looking tonight in the book of Psalms, and I know your pastor has related to this passage uh, a couple of times since we've been here. But this is a, a thought I want to share tonight from Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And uh, this is, uh, you know the account. This is David in his confession to God. And uh, David was a man after God's own heart. But I remind you, he was just a man. And David was one who committed adultery with Bathsheba, had Uriah killed. And... Uh, God had a man to approach that man. His name was Nathan. Nathan describes everything that David has done. David is infuriated. And Nathan said, Behold, thou art the man. Thou art the man. And uh, in Psalm 51, I want to read the psalm, and I'll center in on one particular verse. Are, are you accustomed to standing for the reading of scriptures? Okay, if you, if you don't mind, stand for the... Reading, the Bible said in Psalm 51, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure and design, and and build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with burnt offerings, and with whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar." It's interesting that the last few verses, the word then is used three times. Then, then, then. And it's a qualifying word. We're looking back to what David is asking God to do in his heart and in his life. I believe this is a great revival song and it's dealing with sin. Uh, And by the way, that's what hinders revival. You said, what sin? Yours, mine. Uh, I'm, I'm saying to you, God's more interested in giving us revival than we are to have it. But if uh, he said in Psalm 37 verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He said in Psalm 84 verse 11, No good thing would the Lord withhold from them who walk uprightly. Do you think that would include revival? I do. I believe it would include revival. So may God help us to hunger and thirst after God himself. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, bless we ask tonight the reading of your word. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to have a copy. And I pray tonight, thanking you for the lesson that's been taught this evening in the Sunday school hour. I pray, Lord, that, that you might open our hearts, that we might receive the truth of the, your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be more like you. Forgive us for our failures. I plead the blood of Christ for protection. Lord, anoint these feeble lips. Speak to us and speak through us. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. You may take your seats. I, I pastored a little over 30 years, and I had revival meetings often, and I had, I had well-known men come in and preach. And I, some of them I had for several years in a row. And I found that, uh, I found that they preached the same message on, this, on a particular night of the meeting, they'd do that every time they came. And so after, after one of the men had preached three times on the same subject and the same outline and the same message, I said to him, uh, Brother Johnny, do, do you think maybe you have something else you might could preach to our people? And he said, what do you mean? I said, that's the third time you've preached that same message here. 
And uh, he said, no, I haven't. I said, I've got the tapes. I've got the <laughs> But uh, I, I want to be sensitive to the Lord. And, and I believe this is a mind of God for us tonight. I'm, I'm interested particularly in verse number 10. In verse number 10, the Bible said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Uh, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So I want to preach tonight on having a clean heart and a right spirit. A clean heart and a right spirit. Amos writing, he said, can two walk together except they be agreed? And by the way, you can't, you can't be in fellowship with Christ walking contrary to Christ's word or Christ's ways. And so it's important that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, it's important that we, that we demonstrate Christ by the way we walk, the way we talk, and the way we act. Now, I, I'm, ta- I'm talking about tonight, as we look at this psalm, we're reminded about the heart. We're, we're to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's a command of the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. We're to, we're to love God with all our heart. Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And so I, I say to you, revival is a matter of the heart. How about your heart? Is it right with God? I, I say to you, do, uh, does our heart beat like the heart of God? It was uh, Jehu who said to Jehonadab, is thy heart right? Is my heart is right with thy heart? Uh, we understand tonight that in, in the text uh, that if we're going to be walking with God, we, uh, we must be acquainted with him. That's just understandable. And if we're going to be walking with God, we must be in agreement with him. And if we're going to be walking with God, we must be in alignment with him. Years ago, back when I was just a young man, we lived 10 miles out in the country. And uh, we seldom ever went to town, but occasionally we'd get to go to town on a Saturday. And so we were, we were headed toward town. And by the way, uh, we couldn't just wear old clothes when we are going to town. We're going to town. We're going to wear our best clothes. And so we're going, uh, and this truck is ahead of us. And the, the truck is running kind of dog-legged, just out of alignment. You know what I'm talking about? He, it's, the, it's out of alignment. My dad would say, that old truck's out of alignment. And I said, that reminds me of a lot of Christians I know. They come to church on Sunday morning and seem to be in alignment with the Lord. But something happens between service time Sunday morning and the time service starts on Sunday night. They got kind of knocked out of joint somewhere and they're walking wumply jawed. They're, they're dog-legging it, amen. And I say to you, the revival is this. It's the adjustment, or listen, revival is the adjustment of my life to the Word of God. It's the adjustment of my life. And by the way, God doesn't expect anything more from you than He does from me, or anything more from me as He does from you. He expects us to give Him our all. Now, I, I want to give just a brief little resume of, of, of Psalm 51, and uh uh, and, and, and then I'll get into the message. I got three or four little thoughts. Uh, I, I want to see verse one through verse six is David's confession of his guilt. Uh, no question about it. He said, "Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, uh, according unto the multitude of Thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions." And it goes on down through verse number six, and it is a it is a psalm of confession confession of guilt. 
Many times when I preach, folks, I take the word of God and apply it to somebody else. I hear them say, boy, if they'd have been here today, you'd really got them. I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to you. And I say to you, you're not here by accident, you're by assignment. And so we come back to realize the confession of our guilt. We must be clean in our heart. And by the way, sin contaminates our heart. And then I see in verse 7 through 12, I see David's prayer for divine renewal. And then in verse 13 through 19, I, I see the, 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 the reward of, a rest, of restored fellowship. Now, I'm, I'm going to say to you tonight, as a believer, as a born-again Christian, you're either in fellowship or out of fellowship. Now, 1 John 1, 7, he said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth from all sin. Thank God for the blood that cleanses. But the walking in fellowship, and oh, what joy, and oh, what thrill. Could I, could I give a personal illustration? When I was a younger Christian, I, I was in my home church, and I, uh, I began to hear some of the men uh, in the church criticize one of our members. Uh, his name was Dan Hale. He worked for the telephone company, and he was an avid soul winner. He, uh, I believe the man would, would witness to a signpost. He was just uh, that caliber of man. And so I heard other men talk about, oh, Brother Dan is picking them green. Oh, brother. Now, the, the sad thing about it is none of those was picking anything. But they said, oh, Brother Dan's pick, picking them green. And I, I repeated that. And when I repeated that, the songbirds stopped singing in my heart. And I, and I felt dirty on the inside. And I went for about two weeks like that. And on a Sunday night, I called Brother Dan aside we stepped in under uh, the furnace room, and I said, Brother Dan, I, I need to talk to you. And he said, hey, he put his arm around me, and he said, Brother Joe, what in the world? I said, Brother Dan, I, I repeated something that was said about you, and I'm sorry I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Here's what he said. Don't ever mention it again. And, and so the songbird started singing again, and the joy filled my heart again, and there's a peace that passeth all understanding and a contentment knowing that I'm not only his, I'm in his will. And, and by the way, God wants to be glorified through your life, but he can't be glorified through your life if you're harboring sin in your life. And so he's saying, uh, he's saying in this verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, notice with me this, a clean heart and a right spirit always goes together. Clean heart, right spirit. If you have a clean heart, you will manifest it with a right spirit. And by the way, there's a lot of folks that are independent, fundamental, temper, temperamental Baptists that's just as mean as a junkyard dog. I, I would say to you, I believe you can be a fundamentalist and still have compassion in your soul, and still be kind in your demeanor, I'm saying how important it is that we show forth the Lord Jesus Christ by the way we act and by the way we react. Dr. Warren Wisby said years ago, your attitude determines your blessing. And so if you're coming down to the house of God saying, dear God, here I am, bless me if you can, there won't be any blessing. It's to recognize the clean heart 
and the right spirit go together. If you have a clean heart, you, you manifest that clean heart with a right spirit. The clean heart, the clean heart is the inward work of grace. In the book of Philippians 2 verse 12, he said, work out, Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For, verse 13, I like it. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God who creates the appetite and God who satisfies the hunger. It's God who starts the fire and God who fans the flame. It's God working in our, I want God to work in my heart, do you? I I want God to work in my heart, not just in the hearts of others. Because listen, we are of the same family, washed in the same blood, saved saved by the same grace, going to the same heaven, and we we ought to give forth the same message. Notice with me again. Uh, Listen, the clean heart is the inward work of grace. That is what God does in me. That's what God does in me. He's still working on me. Paul said it this way in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. He made a great confession. He said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He's not ashamed of acknowledging the fact that he was a sinner. And by the way, if we're honest with ourselves, listen, we don't deserve any of the blessings of God. We don't deserve mercy, but thank God for grace and thank God for mercy and thank God for his patience in our life. But he's still working on me. And he has a desire to conform me to the image of his dear son. And so what God, that, uh, that inward work of grace, that clean heart, what God does in me, and it represents the root of holiness. By the way, in your Bible, in the book of Peter, we are reminded that God said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And could I say to you tonight, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, he said, uh, Without holiness, no man shall see God. And there's a double application, I believe. I, I believe he's saying without holiness, you're not, going to go to, you're not going to see God. And without holiness, no one's going to see God in your life. And so we're to be holy. And by the way, that doesn't begin on the outside. It begins on the inside, in the heart. And by the way, when the heart is right with God, the attire will be right. Amen? Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm amazed that we've got, listen, folks going to church today, you'd think they've gone going to a dance hall. By the way they act and by the way they react and by the way they dress. Now, uh, again, he said that's that inward work of grace, God working in me, and it represents the root of holiness. But uh, the, the right spirit, the right spirit is the outward work of God. It's the outward work of God and it stands for what God does through me. God works through me and it suggests the fruit of holiness. So I, my life is to be holy. And if I'm going to be pleasing to the Lord, I must adjust my life to the Word of God. And it's not what another preacher might think, and it's not even what I think. It's what God said in this book. I'm to adjust my life to the Word of God. And so here's a prayer of David. It's a genuine prayer. It's a specific prayer. It's a personal prayer. He said, create in me. A clean heart. Now notice me. The clean heart is a necessary creation. It's, it's important. And again, 
I say to you, from the outward sin to the inward sin, from practice to principle, David said, I want my heart to be right with God. And ladies and gentlemen, can I say to you, of all, all of us who are fellow believers and those of us who are part of the family of God, if we would be, allow God to work in us to the place to where we're not resisting and we're not, listen, we're not, we're not trying to restrain God's work. No, no, I want to be available. I want to be open before God and I want to swallow my pride and say, dear God, it's not my brother and it's not my sister. It's not the church down the road. It's not, listen, the people over there. No, no, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And so the clean heart is a necessary creation. David had come to the place where he discovered the hidden evil things within his being. And so he's saying, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. You won't have to guess about what's not right in your life if you're open to the Spirit of God. He'll put his finger upon that area of your life that's not right. And so, uh, again, David came to discover that hidden evil within him, his being. He'd, he'd been a child of God for many years. But now he's, uh, he's his, his sin is exposed. And David acknowledged it. He's not making exceptions. He's not making excuses. He's coming clean with God. Could I, could I say it this way? I believe David is working on adjusting his life to the word of God. My life. And, and so Noah, Noah was a preacher of righteousness, but Noah marred his walk with God by drunkenness. And Abraham lost his influence with Abimelech through deception. And, and, and Moses was shut out of Canaan because he lost his temper. And, and, and Miriam uh, became leprous for uh, criticizing the leadership of Moses. And, and Achan met his doom and his, uh, his relative also through covetousness. And, and, and again, uh, uh, the children of Israel uh, were kept out of the promised land because of their unbelief. And I say to you, unbelief is sin. Do you believe that God can give revival? Oh, Yes. Do we believe God can give personal revival? Sure. Do we believe God can give collective revival? Yes. I'm saying we believe that God can. If God can furnish a table in the wilderness, our God can give revival to your heart and to my heart, to this church and other churches, if we're willing to adjust our life to the Word of God. And so David marred his testimony through lust. Notice with me, if you would please, back up just a little bit to Psalm 24. In the 24th Psalm, let's, let's look at uh, Psalm 24, and uh, let's look at verse 3 and verse number 4. The Bible said, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in the holy place? He that hath what? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. And so I am reminded of this, clean hands are a result of a clean heart. What, what about your hands tonight? Do you have clean hands? Clean hands, pure heart. The scripture said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And, and so now, 
A clean heart is unnecessary. If we're going to have revival, if we're going to have revival, clean heart is necessary creation. And you can't create it. And I can't create it. But there's a God of heaven that can. And so if I yield as clay in the potter's hands, he can deal in my life by cleansing my heart and causing my spirit to be right. Number two, let me say, the clean heart is not only a necessary creation, it is a holy creation. That is this. The issues of life spring forth from a clean heart. In the book of Proverbs chapter 26, uh, or Proverbs 13, verse 26, he said, my son, give me thine heart. Give me thine heart. And so uh, the issues of life spring from a clean heart. Unless the fountain is clean, the water is not wholesome. And so the clean heart does not imply, listen, listen, listen. I know there's some folks who get hung up on this. But the clean heart does not imply perfection. And it does not imply sinlessness. There was only one sinless person who ever lived, and his name was Jesus. And he's the one who paid the price for you and me that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so we have the ability to sin. You do and I do. You said, how's that happen? Well, here's how it happens. If you were in Tennessee, folks, this time of the year come to Tennessee to see the leaves turn. And so you're in a hurry, and they're not in so much a hurry. They're watching the leaves turn. And so they're just driving, poking along. And so uh, uh, you get a chance, and you put the pedal to the metal and run around and shake your fist like that as you pass by. And on the bumper, there's a sticker that said, follow me to Sooner Rose Baptist Church. You just got your hands dirty and your heart's not right with God. Amen. I'm I'm saying we, we overlook and we laugh about things like that. But I tell you, it doesn't take the matter of committing adultery to break fellowship with God. It's a matter of if we're knowing to do good and doing it not, God said that is sin. That's not a mistake. No, no, no. That is sin if I'm not doing what God. And so I, I, I say this. I say this, Brother Pollard. I believe we're way behind in the do it department. Uh, the scripture said, Where will all shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Uh, you know what will happen when you take heed to the word of God? Let me just. I, I jotted a few things down about, about that little thought in uh, the book of Psalm 119 and uh, verse number. Uh, uh, well, let me get my verse. In Psalm 19, verse number 9, he said, With all shall a young man cleanse his way. And so if you take heed to the word of God, if you take heed, here's what's going to happen. It will produce energy for your spiritual development. Not only of that, it will, it will enlighten you uh, for sound doctrine. And, and not only that, it will encourage you in your deportment. I'm taking heed to the Word of God. What, not only that, it will enlarge my vision. And not only that, it will establish my faith if I take heed to the Word of God. So if, if when you hear the Word of God, you become responsible to God that gives it. Yeah. And the Scripture said in Luke 12 and 48, He said, And to whomsoever much is given, much shall be required. So God's not only going to hold me accountable for what I've done, He's going to hold me accountable for what I could have done for the Lord. Now, The songwriter said, Must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? 
not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty-handed go? I want to say to you, I don't want to go empty-handed. I want to have some, some treasures to lay at the Savior's feet. But I can't do it if I, my heart's not right and my spirit's not right. It has to be. I say the tendency to sin can be counteracted by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that convicted me of my sin. It is the Spirit of God that birthed me into the family of God. It is the Spirit of God that enables me to have a victorious Christian life. It is the Spirit of God that fits me for another world. And I say to you, when you get fitted for another world, you won't ever fit in down here again. I say, thank God for the working of the Spirit of the living God. There is no known, conscious, unjudged, unforgiven sin in my life. And so my, my heart is right and my spirit is right. But again, there's too many that seek to cover their sin. I was, I, my, my pastor, Dr. Buffton, sent me to the hospital. I was on staff working for him. He said, go to the hospital and uh, visit. And he called the lady's name, said she's going to have surgery tomorrow. said, go by and check about her. And so I went to the hospital and I knocked on the door as I normally would. I heard a voice that said, come in. And so I pushed the door open and went in. It was a private room. And I noticed the lady had the sheet pulled up under her chin. And there was just that one hand showing, and the other hand was under the sheet. And so when it comes to tobacco, I've got a nose like a bloodhound. I, I thought I smelled tobacco smoke. And so I stood there and talked to her and talked to her and talked to her and talked to her. And, and, that, and the smoke began to boil out from under that sheet like that. And all of a sudden, she threw that sheet down and pulled that cigarette out and put it out. And here's what she said. Oh, Brother Joe, please don't tell my husband. I thought to myself, if that old boy could be kissing on a woman who'd been sucking on a camel and not know it, he probably needs to be up in that room that's got straight jackets. But she was saying, don't tell my husband. There's a lot of people that wouldn't do anything in front of a pastor or a preacher because they respect that, and I, I appreciate it. But I want to tell you, in heaven, you're not going to give an account to the preacher. You'll give an account to God, and God sees it all. So I want my heart to be right. And I want my spirit to be a right spirit. I want my heart to be right and my spirit to be right. And so David talked about the secret sin in Psalm 19 and verse number 12. Uh, he's not referring to things that, that he knew was, that, that was wrong and which he had hid from others, but from the depths of corruption in his heart, uh, within his soul, he's, he's asking God. Notice what he said in Psalm 139. He said in verse 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and cleanse me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Could I say, you're not as spiritual as you think you are. I'm not as spiritual as I might think I am. But I'm telling you, we're only as spiritual as God knows we are. And so there's a lot of people that uh, preach cream but live skim milk. They say, but they do not. They raise a hand, but they're not involved. Amen. And so I, I, I'm saying this. First uh, John 1 and 7 presents a, the progressive cleansing of the blood of the Lamb. But notice with me a third little thought. The clean heart is a divine creation. Created in me. I'm talking to God. Created in me. A clean heart, O oh God. 
She's ad he's addressing the right person. Only God can do that. Right. Give me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Notice the book of Proverbs, chapter 20. In the 20th chapter of the book of Proverbs, I I'd like to read verse number 9, I believe that is. In uh, Proverbs, chapter 20, and verse number 9. The Bible said, Who can say, I have made my heart clean? You can't say that. Who can say that I've made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. They cannot be cleansed apart from the blood. And they cannot be cleansed without acknowledging it. Without saying, it's me. I'm not saying, you don't, you don't come to the altar and say, Dear God, if, I, if, I've, if I've offended anybody, please forgive me. I'll tell you what will happen. If you're honest with yourself, the Spirit of God will put his finger He'll bring that to your mind exactly what you said, how you acted, how you reacted. Amen. Right. I, I'm saying how important it is that divine creation. He said that create. Notice the word again. Create in me. That word create. Create is, means to make something out of nothing. I believe God created the heavens and the earth. I believe God created man in his own image. I don't believe man evolved from a tadpole or from a monkey. But I have seen some folks that made me suspicious. I, I, say, I say God created man and God created us in his likeness. And he created us for his own purpose. And so uh, it means to make something out of nothing. He made it and it was done. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We don't get saved by working, but when we get saved, we want to do something for God. Yeah. Something's wrong about a person who don't want to get involved in doing something for the Lord. Uh, Creating me a clean heart. He spoke of it, and it was done. It was incessant. Notice with me again Psalm 51, verse 17. He said, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a, a broken uh, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. And so it's, it's recognized that it is possible, listen carefully, it is possible to seek after a clean heart and yet possess a wrong spirit. Y'all in the building? It, it's possible to seek after a clean heart yet possess a wrong spirit in our daily life. In David's life, David's heart was to be pure. If it's going to be pure, then he had to have a steadfast spirit uh, to resist temptation. By the way, you're going to have to have a steadfast spirit too to resist temptation. Temptation is not sin. It's when you yield to it. It's like Harry Ironside said, it's one thing for a bird to fly over your head. It's another thing for it to build a nest in your hair. And so you understand the thought can come through in a second's time. And the, and the way everything is today and all the media and all the corruptness in our land, listen, we're bombarded on every turn in the road and we're exposed to that. But hey, may God help us to keep a clean heart and a right spirit. By the way, we're, we're candidates for revival when our heart is clean and our spirit is right. And so if David's heart's going to be pure, he had to have a steadfast spirit to resist temptation. The clean heart put David right with God. Now, I'm going to tell you that. Let me say that once more. The clean heart put David right with God. The Bible said, For out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaking. Amen. In other words, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Clean heart, right spirit. And so the clean heart put David right with God. The right spirit, the right spirit adjusted David's relationship with Bathsheba and with Uriah. And, and so the clean heart adjusted David's relationship with Bathsheba and others that he had wronged. Being right with God involves being right with those round about us. Being right with God. And so the clean heart is the root. The clean heart is the principle. The clean heart is the fountain of life, Godward. And then I, I, I say the right spirit is the fruit, the spring, the practice, the conduct of holiness, manward. Create, create, renew it within me. Notice verse 12. He said in verse number 12, he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. One of the evidences that we need revival is that we don't rejoice. Paul takes the epistle of Romans, that, uh, excuse me, the epistle of Philippians and emphasizes the matter of sustained joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we know that we're to rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice. No, we're talking more about politics than we talk about the Lord. Hello. And by the way, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, condemning the matter of the involvement. I think you ought to be involved to vote. I think you ought to exercise your freedom that way. But ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, God comes first. And if God was first in America, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in tonight. But we have to have a clean heart and a right spirit. And so many, a consecrated heart is marred by a wrong spirit. A wrong spirit. That, that, that spirit of, uh, of uh, my, my, my word went out the window. That, that, that spirit that's just so arrogant and uh, so demeaning. No, no, no. Jesus loves little children, but he loves you. And we ought to love sinners. We don't love their sin, but we ought to love their, love their soul. And, and, and so many a consecrated heart is marred by a wrong spirit. A clean heart is powerless. A clean heart is powerless if it lacks the right spirit. And so it might be this. Sometimes the wrong spirit toward God. Why did God let this happen to me? You know I'm telling you the truth. And sometimes, sometimes we're guilty of being unforgiving. You said, you don't know what they said about me. Did they say more about you than they did the Lord? You said, you don't know what they've done to me. They crucified Jesus. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, and so it might be sometimes you might be guilty of being jealous. Uh, we ought to glean from others. We ought, ought not to be jealous of others. Uh, uh, again, sometimes it's that, that matter of an unforgiving, critical spirit, the thoughtlessness, a hard spirit toward those around about us. And here's the word right. He said, uh, creating me a clean heart 
and renew a right spirit. That word right is not the opposite of wrong. It is the upright spirit. It is the honest spirit. It, it, it is, in, it is a, in every detail of our life. David with Bathsheba was guilty of deception. The right spirit is the spirit of Jesus in everything to everybody. Created me a clean heart. The right spirit, the steadfast spirit, the constant spirit, the free spirit is mentioned in, in verse number 12. A willing spirit. Uh, again, a noble spirit, a princely spirit. When Christians have to be begged or pled with to serve God or to, for, or to give of their abundance to his cause, then there's something wrong with their spirit. Brother Roloff used to say, when the preacher begins to mention money or finances, the congregation gets cirrhosis of the giver. That's that nerve that runs down around the billfold. My friend Ray Hancock, who's with the Lord tonight, said there's only one thing that two independent Baptists can agree on. That's what the third one ought to give. I'm telling you, that clean heart and right spirit is a, it's a broken spirit. Verse 17, David's treatment of Bathsheba and Uriah revealed that most vile and deceitful spirit, a spirit that realizes its nothingness is what we ought to have. I, if I, I am nothing. He is everything. I have no ability. And by the way, we're just vessels. And Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And, and our Lord's saying, if you will guard the treasure, I'll take care of the vessel. The vessel has no ability. It's just a vessel. It has no personality, no ability. It only has capacity. And that capacity is measured by our obedience to God. And so the more we give of ourselves to him, the greater capacity we have to give to others. Amen. And so I asked you the question tonight, and this is basically just the down to the, where the tire meets the road, as J. Vernon McGee would say. But he's saying, I want my life to be right with God. He did commit adultery. He did have Uriah killed. And he did deceive them. And he was wicked. And he did sin, but he acknowledged his sin. And by the way, God forgave David. And, and God restored to him the joy of his salvation. And so he said, I want my spirit to be right. I want my heart to be clean and my spirit to be right. How about your heart? Is your heart right with God tonight? Have you done everything that God said do? It might be, it might be that we've allowed our heart to become cool and we become indifferent toward the things of the Lord. The church of Laodicea said, we're rich and increased with goods and we just have need of nothing. And the Lord said, no, you don't realize what you're poor and wretched and blind, miserable, cannot see afar off. And, and may God help us. May we give ourselves to the Lord and may we be honest with him saying, Lord, would you create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit? that God might be glorified and that we might have revival. Would you pray with us? Our Father, thank you tonight for this portion of Scripture. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to realize the seriousness 
of our heart and being right with God, being clean, our spirit being right. May we be willing, Lord, to adjust our lives to the Word of God that we might experience personal revival, that our church might experience revival, and our nation might be affected because we've obeyed the Lord. Do what I cannot do. I thank you for all you will do. With our heads bowed and eyes closed,